Aaron, I'll do it. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. All right, the regular season is over. The 49ers finish 13-4, and an improvement of three games over the 10-7 and last year. They comfortably made it into the postseason this time around, and they earned themselves another rematch with the Seattle Seahawks. Round three, 49ers-Seahawks. The only other time in history that we've had three rounds in the same season between these two teams. It was epic, and it ended up going in Seattle's favor. That was the 2013 season. Richard Sherman, back when he was on the Seahawks, not the 49ers. He had the tip, Kaepernick, Crabtree, all that stuff. This time, the stakes won't be as high, but next Saturday, 1.35 p.m., the Seahawks are going to be coming to Levi's Stadium. 49ers should be significantly favored because they were much better than the Seahawks in both of the first two meetings. And this comes on the heels of a 38-13 49ers win over the Cardinals, which preserved the number two seed for the 49ers. Ten-game win streak for the 49ers, Matt, as they enter this playoff rematch with the Seahawks. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the themes this week might be that, um, yeah, ten-game winning streak, but... Uh, you know, a lot of the teams that the 49ers played uh, had losing records and some of them uh, barely had winning records. Um, and so maybe they're not quite as uh, as good as we think they are. And, you know, we're going to be digging hard for criticisms uh, and, and things to look out for. But one of the teams that they beat during that streak uh, were the Se- Seattle Seahawks. Uh, so... Uh, that game was in Seattle. It was loud. Remember, that was uh, a short week game in which Brock Purdy didn't throw a pass um, in the in the, the 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 lone practice that week. He was really kind of uh, maligned by the uh, oblique injury and a rib injury. And the 49ers, I, I wouldn't say that they won comfortably, but um, it wasn't uh, wasn't a real nail biter at the end. So. I mean, given that, I have to think that uh, they're going to be healthy favorites in this game. Although, Dennis, uh, you know, the 49ers sort of kind of eased their way into the playoffs. A very easy final game. A lot of guys standing on the sidelines watching it. The Seahawks had to win. So the Seahawks are sort of in the position that the 49ers were in a year ago, where they they had to kind of um, really press hard at the end just to make the playoffs. And that ended up giving the 49ers a lot of momentum. What are, what are your thoughts about these two teams and the, the different ways uh, with which they're entering the postseason? What a fantastic 2022-2023 uh, uh, 49er football season. I mean, ups and downs, you know, starting with Trey Lance trying to figure, figure him out, figure out the identity of this team, him getting hurt, Jimmy Garoppolo coming on, getting hurt. And then, then uh, Brock Purdy comes on the scene. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo starts uh, starts the streak. Uh, Brock Purdy ends it. You know, ten ten winning ten football games in an NFL is hard to do. I think I played on two teams um, in my eight year career, and we won ten. But it, it's it's tough to do. It's real tough to do. Um, and then you have you know you have the situations here. I mean, you have Seattle who. You know, they, they're fighting and they're scratching. They're finding ways to win the game. They go in overtime today. They end up beating the Rams. Uh, and then the 49ers have been scoring over 30 points for the last, what, six, seven weeks. So, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, the, the, the Seahawks are trying to find their rhythm still. 
I think Geno Smith has kind of lost his magic a little bit. Uh, the defense in Seattle, they're giving up a lot of yards. Uh, they're, they're giving up a lot of points. And here's uh, here's the the 49ers that, that look like they're running on all cylinders. I mean, they're hitting it. Special teams. Uh, Ray Ray is going to break one. You're right, man. He's, it's going to break one of these days. Hopefully it's next. It's on Saturday. But, um, you know, it, but it, it just shows you know, the, the 49ers, they've prepared themselves. They've had a year up and down, but they've kind of found the rhythm now. They found the rhythm. Uh, the offense starts off slow today. The defense starts off slow. And then the second half, they just explode. Uh, and the game was over. You know, score a touchdown going into in the locker room, score one coming out, and the game is over. So, you know, you see the 49ers are in stride. And this, this is where you want to be going into the playoffs, in stride. I think the Seahawks are still trying to find their stride a little bit, trying to find a whole lot of luck. And I think at this point, the only team that can really beat the San Francisco 49ers are the San Francisco 49ers. If they make mistakes, give up the ball, make bad decisions, because they are they are they are in a routine. You know, they've got the momentum uh, and they've been doing it for the last 10 weeks. So, you know, we'll see what happens this week. It's a playoffs. It's a whole different world. But I think. Uh, the 49ers have to be favored by at least 10 points. 9.5. I just looked it up. Oh, oh wow, Dennis. Yeah. You're, you're nice. right on almost. Nice. Yeah, I mean, and, and I agree with you, though. The, the, the 49ers are head and shoulders better than the Seahawks. Um, the first game, they should have shut them out. It was only the field goal block, right, that, that Seattle took back for the touchdown. I think it was 27-7. I look at that, for all intents and purposes, as a 30-0 to game in which the 49ers had to change quarterbacks midstream. And the second game, the 49ers themselves talk a lot about how they had a meeting after the second Seahawks game uh, discussing all the missed opportunities because they, they were pissed that they, that they didn't beat them by more. And, you know, that it was on its way to being a 30-point blowout. Don't forget the roughing the passer call on Nick Bosa that nullified the pick six to Diomino Lenore. Now, we can talk all day about whether that was technically the right call or not. Bosa actually agreed that it was technically the right call, but the point still stands. If Bosa lands on Geno Smith a little bit differently and they don't throw that flag, it most likely is a four-score game. That's the way that game was going. They, they weren't moving the ball against the 49ers. The 49ers were running them over on the other side. That one penalty gave the Seahawks some life, and it ended up being, what, I think a 10-point game? I forgot what the score was. But, but still, both of the first two games have been lopsided, and that line, Matt, uh, is reflective of that, that truth, right? Minus 9.5 to open a playoff game is a really big number. Well, look at what happened in, in both games. That first game was uh, the Trey Lance injury. Um, uh, I think it was the second drive that he was on, and, and the, that, that's a that's a sort of a cataclysmic change for the 49ers. Uh, fundamentally, that offense changes when you go from Trey Lance to Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, remember, hadn't hadn't practiced at all, really. Uh, you know, uh, ten days earlier, we didn't even know if he was going to be on the 49ers, or maybe a little bit beyond that. But my point is that uh, th there was a lot working against the 49ers in that game, and they won it handily. Um, there was a ton working against the 49ers in Seattle, including, you know, uh, you know Brock Purdy's first uh, road game <laughs> happens to be in the, the loudest stadium in the league. And uh, like I said, they didn't win it handily, but but they won it uh, with, with some level of ease. So, um, you know, th there are... You know, we, we could come up with all sorts of ways that, uh, that they could lose this game. I mean, DK Metcalf is a, uh, is a formidable opponent. But the 49ers defense has done really well against 
uh, offenses that are one note, that they've got one or two uh, really good weapons. And we saw in that, that game in Seattle that Charvarius Ward uh, basically followed DK Metcalf around the field. DK Metcalf had a, had a good start to that game, but uh, Ward just uh, was all over him. I mean, that's, that's uh, the type of guy that uh, Charvarius Ward wants to be. That press cornerback was going to be all over you, not going to give you any room. So I imagine that the 49ers uh, do that again in, in this upcoming game. Um, you know, Geno Smith had a great year, but, uh, you know, if, if you're choosing between Geno Smith and Aaron Rodgers and some of these other quarterbacks that uh, you might face in the in the playoffs, uh, Smith is probably one that you would prefer to face. Yeah, and, you know, early in the season – he was kind of in a groove and then, you know, he kind of fell off a little bit. Now he's, you know, he, he's got Metcalf and he's got some other Lockett. He's got some other receivers. He got a little bit of a run game. But uh, again, you know, this is, you know, this on paper, I don't see the 49ers having a problem with the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, I, I know I shouldn't say that, but I think, you know, these this team comes in, you beat them twice. Uh, you know, you've you, you've owned them this season. It's a bad matchup for for Seattle. You know, you've got you've got some weapons. Uh, you know, if Geno Smith gets into a rhythm like any other quarterback, uh, he can do pretty good. But if you get after him, he makes a lot. He'll make a lot of mistakes. So you know, up front, Nick Bosa. You know, this is time for you to go. You know, uh, 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 you know, Ebucon, uh, uh, Eric Armstead, Kenla, all those guys. I mean, this is opportunity to kind of tee off because this offensive line—they're decent, but they're not—they're not very good. I mean, it's not one of the better offensive linemen you're gonna or offensive line you're gonna play against. So. You know, it becomes one of those games. You're in the playoffs now. And, you know, I know we're preview previewing Seattle already, but that's the next opponent, and the rest doesn't really matter. I mean, this is the playoffs. I mean, this is why – I remember Ronnie Lott used to say, the regular season will work out if you do what you're supposed to do. If you work on your game, you do the game plan, you execute, the regular season is going to work out. You're going to be in the playoffs. This is what it's about, the playoffs right now. Now you have an opportunity to play for a championship. Now it's going to be a short week. Uh, but you're at home. You don't have to get on an airplane. You got some days to get your mindset ready. But uh, it's a whole different world now in the playoffs. And you play for the San Francisco 49ers, and there's a little bit of pressure. You know, there's a little bit of pressure to bring home a trophy. You know, back to this family. So you know, it's it, it's it's the playoffs. It's a mindset, and whoever's going to show up. I mean, you have to execute. You have to be. You have to be in the right mindset, and you just have to get after people. And, and, you know, I think that the 49ers today, there was a little bit of, I mean, this game wasn't a big deal, right? It was, it's it's tough to get up for a game against the 4-12 and Cardinals when the playoffs are looming. And, you know, there really isn't that much at stake. Yeah, the 49ers had to twist their mind into pretzels to talk about the number two and the one seed. And, yeah, I get it. It's, you know, significant stuff, but it pales in comparison to what's coming. So I don't think that it was surprising that the 49ers were a little bit sloppy to, to start the game. We saw their one true weakness on defense that's likely going to be targeted by opposing teams in Diometer Lenore, um, you, you know, picked on during that trick play that opened the game to A.J. Green. Uh, then we saw the offense go three and out a, a couple times. They were getting behind the sticks. But then the 49ers turned it on, and even Diometer Lenore had a nice tackle on, on a screen pass that should give him confidence going into the postseason. And let's be 100% honest, you know, the 49ers are not a flawless team. But there are no flawless teams, and especially the one the 49ers are about to play, the Seahawks, they weren't able to take advantage of the Diomino Lenore situation at cornerback. The Seahawks aren't good enough, I think, to expose that. Aaron Rodgers might have been 
Uh, he's not advancing, obviously. They lost to the Lions. Rodgers might not have even had the receivers to, to take advantage of it. So, I mean, you know, we can talk and we can nitpick at the 49ers' holes all, the, all that we want, and, and it's really, really clear, where, you know, that there's one at that second cornerback position against elite competition. Uh, but truly elite competition is still at least two games away, right? The, the Seahawks aren't elite competition. So it's a one week at a time thing still for the 49ers. They need to show up with the kind of energy that we would expect them to show up for during a playoff game. And they have to play clean football. And along those lines, Matt, the 49ers, then I think this is a crowning achievement. I, I, I wrote about it uh, today exclusively in, in my article. The 49ers, with their performance today, four takeaways, no giveaways, fish, finished number one in the NFL in turnover differential. With their three interceptions, two from Tashawn Gibson, one from George Odom, they also finished number one in interceptions. And for anybody who's followed this team for quite a while, that is the, both of those things are a huge deal. Because A, um, the 49ers under Shanahan had only finished number 11 in turnover differential. That was their best finish in 2019, their most recent Super Bowl year. And and B, that interception total, that's a touchy subject for the 49ers because in 2018, also under Shanahan, they finished with two interceptions. That was the <laughs> NFL record low. This team had been unable to buy an interception to save their lives. And this year they finished with 20 and that fueled them to be the top turnover team in football, and that is very correlated with winning, and especially correlated with winning in the playoffs. Yeah, I remember that that two interception season. <laughs> you had to go back to like the nineteen forties to find a, a, a team that went through a full season and only had two interceptions. Uh, that was uh, that was a colossal failure. But you're right. I mean, what a, what a turnaround in, in four seasons. Um, Diamandor Lenore. Um, you know, these last two games, he's had some rough plays. Uh, if, to, if you're going to kind of make excuses for him, you can argue, and Shanahan did today, that the guy that burned him in Las Vegas, Devontae Adams, is one of the, the best 50-50 ball uh, guys in the league, and so is um, A.J. Green, the, the guy that got him on Sunday at, at Levi Stadium. DK Metcalf, another good 50-50 guy. I mean, uh, you know, if it's DK against uh, one cornerback, uh, he's, he's got the muscle to get the ball. That's why I think that the 49ers would be very wise to just trot out their, uh, their game plan from um, earlier in this year, December 15, and, and have Charvarius War sort of mirror him, DK, uh, across the field. Uh, but, you know, they have been giving uh, 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 Lenore all sorts of safety help and uh, Gibson was there uh, for that pass, and neither of them made a play on the ball, the correct play on the ball. And then Gibson had a bad uh, tackle attempt on a guy that's heading into uh, retirement. But but you're right, David. Both uh, you know both of those guys rallied for the rest of the game. So did the defense. That second touchdown was uh, greatly aided by uh, a third and fourteen play. Where this is something else that Shanahan said. Uh, um, you know, it, it really seemed as if uh, Talano Hufanga had a, a was pushed in the back, a block in the back uh, on the on a big play by uh, by the Cardinals and uh, Dennis uh, Shanahan called it clipping, which uh, was was music to my ears because clipping used to be what they called it back in the day, back in the the seventies, eighties, <laughs> and early nineties. Now it's a block in the back, but that was a it was a nice old school reference by uh, Kyle Shanahan. Well, hold up. Did they change? They change clipping to just blocking in the back. 
They call it illegal block in the back now. They don't say clipping. Yeah, yeah. you know what? I, I never, I didn't even uh, realize that. But you know, I, I here here's the thing. I think I think with 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 uh, the Seattle Seahawks and and yeah, Diamondor is is growing up. You know, in the NFL, but th- this is time he's going to have to turn the corner. At some point, he's got to turn the corner uh, and be able to be that shutdown co- corner. Um, I don't think he's going to have enough time. I mean, to even expose. I think someone like an Aaron Roger, Rodgers will would try to expose a Diamador. I don't think Geno Smith is going to even have enough time. I think, you know, up front, he's going to be under so much duress that he won't have time to try to, you know, if it's going to be some short stuff, yeah, let him have that, make the tackle. Everything can kind of in front of you. But I, I, I think, you know, you're going to see a big jump. And I think you're going to help him out with some safety help uh in the defensive scars as far as scheme wise but uh you know this secondary i mean i, I think they've they probably got about 20 picks i mean that's been the big difference in this defense defense has always had you know the pressure but now pressure with the coverage and actually you're getting some turnovers um is make, what makes this defense as good as they are so you know they they, they they've got the turnovers and they've got a they've got two really strong safeties i think hufanga you know, he, he's out of position sometimes, but he's around the ball all the time. And uh, Deshaun Gibson is, is you know, he's had five picks this this season. So he's been playing really well. So he's, they're going to help the young kid out. I just don't see, you know, I, I'm not even going to try to pick apart and, and say there's a chance. I don't think the Seattle, Seattle Seahawks have a chance coming in Levi's and beating this 49ers team. Because like I said, they are on a groove right now. They are in rhythm. Like at 30, they're th- scoring over 30 points a football game. Second half is not a team yet to be able to touch this team. So, you know, only only time, you know, only time they're going to lose, I think, is if they beat themselves, make bad mistakes, out of position, busted coverages. Because this, this team is rolling right now, straight up. They are just rolling. They are. Ten in a row. I mean, Dennis, you were on the team that won ten in a row back in two, 1994 to close yeah. the regular season, essentially. I mean, the, the one that you guys lost was – week 17 and you're arresting starters and then you just turn it back up in the playoffs didn't lose again three more wins and we're the champions of super bowl 29 so that's the most recent time the 49ers won a super bowl they, they had a 10 game win streak to essentially close the regular season uh it, as you guys have been talking about big margins of victory the only time they won by you know just a tiny bit was against the raiders and what was a rivalry game wake up call kind of game Nobody expected them to, you know, uh, even have any bit of trouble with the Cardinals, and they generally didn't. I mean, it was one of those where I, I thought the 49ers were just, you know, even even in sleepwalking mode at times of that game, they were able to to best them. So now we, we turn the page to the playoffs. And, you know, I guess we, we should talk about Brock Purdy because um, he was good again today. You know, we talk about them scoring 30-plus, and four of his five starts, the 49ers have scored 35 or more the one start where they didn't score 35 was was the Seahawks game and I believe the score is 21 to 13 if I'm not wrong I think they won that one by eight but they scored 21 but Purdy also had to have an injection before that game he obviously was not fully healthy uh still played well still got it done uh but you know a growing set of data Matt indicates that the 49ers are a juggernaut that's going to put up 30 on you if their quarterback has a decent bill of health right Four out of five games tell us that. Even the Miami game tells us that. So I'd say five out of six games might might suggest that. So Brock Purdy now is going to move to the playoffs where everything gets more intense. There's going to be a harsher spotlight, uh, you know, on his potential weaknesses today. 
Uh, I didn't think Shanahan had his best day. There were a couple sacks of Purdy. It looked like they had some kind of design run that didn't really work out. Uh, I think teams are starting to figure out that he's really quick, that his initial burst can get him out of the pocket, so teams are taking better angles at him. So that's one of the counter-adjustments that Purdy's going to have to make. He's going to have to be able to keep his eyes downfield. He's not always going to be able to just, just bail the pocket every single time if there are disciplined pe- rushing lanes. So I mean, th- But this is all part of the maturation of an NFL quarterback. Now, the potential pitfall for the 49ers is that this maturation is going to be happening now within the, the, the playoffs, where it is do or die. Good news, though, for this team is that they have such a good roster that at least here for the first round, they should be able to overwhelm their opponent just with that. Right. And, and um, you know, the, the, the really interesting thing about Brock Purdy's starts is that each of them has had its own challenge. You know, he comes into a basically a shootout against Miami and they win that one. Next week, it's against Tom Brady, his first ever start. Tom Brady's on the other sideline. They win that one. The next week, short week in Seattle, injured. They win that one. And it just kind of goes on from there. So he's passed every test. Dennis and, and you were both right. The playoffs are a different animal, and this will be um, yet another kind of rung that he has to climb up. But, um, you know, like I said, he's done it all so far. He's been so unflappable that uh, it, it's hard to see him all of a sudden folding, just given what we've been watching these, these last few weeks. And, and there were some mistakes in this game, for sure. I mean, that minus 17-yard scramble was a, an error of judgment. He'd gotten away with things like that. Uh, previously, his quickness was was surprising, and he, he was able to get around the edge on some teams, and he did against the Cardinals early in the game. But in that situation, you just got to wing it out of bounds and take a uh, an incompletion instead of a 17-yard loss. That's a rookie mistake, <laughs> and we haven't said those those two words together a lot when it comes to Brock Purdy. Yeah, and he, you know, he he he's made mistakes. Uh, he's made rookie mistakes, but you know, for the most part, like you said, he's he's checked, he's checked all the boxes. Uh, and he comes out, and and he comes out today. And he does it again. I mean, I, I just look at the points. I look at the points that this offense was able to generate um, before he got on the he he became starting quarterback, and then how it just flipped all of a sudden in the red zone. You know, you're seeing you seeing more touchdowns, and you and you see field goes. I mean, he just makes, you know, he just makes good decisions. And um, I think we need to stop waiting for that that next shoe to drop. I think he is just a good quarterback. Um, and he's, you know, he, he I think he understands the offense. I think he's got a grasp of it. I think he he knows he's got a lot of weapons around him. He's got Eliza Mitchell now, which he used really well today. And he's got Debo. So, you know, he's got a full arsenal. And, uh, you know, I just hope now as you get into the playoffs and, you know, now the expectation – is, is more on you as a quarterback uh, in the playoffs. I just hope he doesn't start overthinking stuff because right now he just seems like a cool, he's just out there. I'm just, he's just dishing it. He's a point guard. He's just dishing the ball out. Uh, and he's, you know, he, he like you said, he on that sack. But, uh, you know, teams are going to game plan you. They're going to try to confuse you. But it just seems like he's just going with it and he gets it. Um, I think he's just a, a really good NFL quarterback or, you know, I think he's the highest rated quarterback in the National Football League. So he's doing something. I just hope he doesn't start, you know, playoffs now. I hope he doesn't. I hope he does not start overthinking things and just keep playing the way he's playing. And understand that he's got a lot of folks around him. He's got an offensive line that's playing really good for him. And he's got a running game. He's got a passing game. Uh, you know, just take advantage of of you know of the weapons you have around and don't overthink in the playoffs. And I think you can get a you can get a pretty deep run 
in the playoffs if you keep that mindset. Well, I think that, you know, the whole turnover margin thing is, uh, you know, so important to look at now, not just because of the season-long performance that led, led the league for the 49ers, but since they picked up Christian McCaffrey and since he's been in that uh, starting role, they've obviously won 10 straight games, so they're 10-0, and but over that time, they've only turned the ball over five times. That obviously leads the NFL. Five turnovers in ten games. That's that's a you know. I don't even know how many takeaways they have. I'll look that up over those ten games. But they have a really really good ratio. But you know, I I bring this up to say that this team with Christian McCaffrey spaces the field so efficiently offensively that it that it really does uh, you know set things up beautifully for especially a young quarterback. But remember what we were seeing from Jimmy Garoppolo before he got hurt. He had the third lowest interception rate in the league. And Jimmy wasn't a low interception rate kind of guy entering this season. He was at 1.3%, which is really, really, I mean, that's Brady level interception rate. He was right there with Brady and those guys. And I think a ton of credit has to go to Christian McCaffrey and the impact that he's had on this offense as the QB outlet man. And, you know, as somebody who just like is a magnetic force, right? The defense goes toward McCaffrey, stuff opens up down the field, and then it makes the quarterback's job with so many weapons to dish out to that much easier. So we saw it benefit Garoppolo, and what better situation for a first-year rookie, 22-year-old to, to, to come into, right, than, than something like this, where uh, there literally are wide-open spaces across the field because, Matt, there are so many powerful weapons that, that draw defensive attention. Well, the 49ers haven't lost a game that uh, Christian McCaffrey has started. Uh, they, they lost that uh, Week 7 game um, against the Chiefs. That was Christian McCaffrey's first, but he was only sort of a, a partial player in that game because he had just arrived uh, 48 hours earlier. So, um, yeah, I mean, Kyle Shanahan said it today. He, he said, actually, he said, um, this, this, this is even more highlighted given the, the 49ers' first-round opponent, but he said that he feels like the, the team's gotten better and better since they clinched the division in that game in Seattle on December 15. I asked him why he said that, and uh, he said he had lots of reasons, uh, one of which is that they've gotten healthier. Uh, Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell worked in. In this game, uh, they've had a very they've had the uh, the leeway to give Javon Kinlaw a very kind of gradual ramp up back into playing a lot, um, and uh, obviously Brock Purdy's gotten more experience since then. But I think a, a, a big reason is that McCaffrey is really learning this offense, and and it's not an easy offense to learn. And I, I was talking to Daniel Brunskill, one of, one of the smartest guys on the team, and he said, uh, you really need a full offseason. And he was sort of kind of licking his lips, uh, thinking about what McCaffrey is going to be like next year uh, when he has that full season. Uh, but um, McCaffrey is better today in this offense than he was in that Chiefs game, in that Seahawks game. And it, it's showing up. He's setting up his blocks better. He's, uh, you know, cutback lanes are better the the feel uh, that he has is better. And so that just gives everybody, including Brock Purdy, more confidence. I mean, he's the real reason I feel like they, they're on this winning streak. Last year it was Debo Samuel. This year they're not as dependent at all on one guy like they were last year with Debo. Debo lifted this team last year. Uh, you know, this year, you know, George Kittle scoring touchdowns. Uh, Ayuk just went over 1,000 yards, uh, Christian McCaffrey. But if you had to pick one guy, Dennis, 
uh, it's it's got to be McCaffrey because he gives you gives Kyle Shanahan that uh, run pass option that is so essential to Shanahan's offense. It's what uh, Debo Samuel supplied last year. It's what Christian McCaffrey is supplying this year. Yeah, and you know, I I think you know my question is 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 this the best team that Kyle Sh- under Kyle Shanahan? You know, Raheem Mostert was great. Uh, I think in uh, in this offense, but I look at a guy like Christian McCaffrey, and and he opens the whole thing up. And and I and I do think that this is probably the best team that that Kyle Shanahan has coached since he's been uh, been with the 49ers, been the head coach. So many weapons. Uh, you know, we we don't talk about Brandon Ayuk, but uh, I mean that's a huge accomplishment for him—a thousand-yard season. You know, and George Kittle, you know, two touchdowns a week. Um, so, you know, you, you can't, you can't, you can't cover everyone. Uh, and you know, Brock Purdy, he does a great job of finding these open, open receivers, you know, down the football field. But, um, I I really do think that this is the best, um, offensive team. I I think defense is a, is a different story, but I think this is the best offensive group of guys that, that Kyle Shanahan has had since he's been head coach. I mean, yeah, McCaffrey's one of the best players in football, the, the most versatile offensive weapon probably, and it fits so well into the positionless skill position ethos that, that the 49ers need to make that offense churn at, at, at the way that, that it's supposed to when it's at, at full cylinder. Now, defensively, why don't we talk about a couple of the milestones actually on both sides of the ball the 49ers accomplished today. First on offense, before I get to the defensive side, uh, this uh, was a thousand-yard receiving season for Brandon Ayuk. He uh, crossed that mark in the second half today. So, congratulations to Ayuk. The 49ers have a 1,000-yard receiver on the defensive side of the ball. Nick Bosa didn't quite reach his goal of Alden Smith's single-season franchise record for sacks, 19 and a half. He got to 18 and a half. Had one today. So, uh, still career high though for Nick Bosa. Congratulations to him. 18 and a half sacks on this football season and the 49ers we i mean uh, they, they, it was really important to them that they finish with a number one defense by yards per game they ended up finishing with a number one defense if you measure by yards per game they uh, also you know we talked about they they'll finish first in advanced metrics those won't come out probably until tomorrow dvoa turnover margin top of the league uh just all around matt when you have accomplishments milestones being delivered by both sides of the football, even special teams. The 49ers finished with the leading special teams tackler in football in George Odom. You have all three of those facets. That means uh, that you are a well-rounded team that's ready for some true January football. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at all those subplots, it uh, it uh, denotes a team that uh, has a lot of talent everywhere. I mean, uh, I, I just mentioned it the, the last time I, I spoke. I mean, last year it was all about Debo Samuel this team is much more complimentary than last year's team. And we, we talked about how bad the special teams was last year. Um, they had uh, all sorts of issues at running back and at quarterback. Um, the, the depth is better. It's just, there's just more talent all around. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, the Cardinals didn't, didn't score in the second half. I think that's the fifth game uh, that the 49ers have pitched a, a second-half shutout, which suggests that, uh, the, the coaching is good, too. I mean, they're making the right adjustments. Whatever they're doing at halftime, especially on defense, um, has been working out really well. That that, that probably points to D'Amico Ryan's uh, leaving uh, for somewhere else uh, this offseason. But uh, it would be uh, absolutely 
um, justified because uh, I, I think he's just done a, a fantastic job, um, including from an X's and O's standpoint. This team really knows what to do when they're in trouble in the first half. Yeah, and, you know, you pitch a shutout in the second half and, you you know, a lot of your guys, you know, were sitting on the sidelines, you know, came, you know, the fourth quarter. And this game was over at the end of the third quarter. Um, so, you know, all, all the, I mean, you talk about the, the, you know, the three tiers of this defense, defensive line. I mean, unstoppable. Linebackers, probably the best in the NFL. And then the secondary that's got 20 picks this season. So, um, you know, or, you know, the defense has 20 turnovers uh, in this season. So, I mean, it's a dominating defense. And the second half, again, after that first little trick play, uh, you know, that was it the second play of the game. After that, you know, they kind of locked down. Um, you know, they bend, they don't break. And in the second half, they don't even bend. I mean, you know, it's it's three and out. Uh, and they, they shut down teams. And they make teams one-dimensional and you have to go – you have to go down the field, and that's when you know guys peel their ears back. Uh, Jordan Willis had a, had another good game, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know Nick Bosa is Nick Bosa. So you know you take that to the playoffs, and you know defense has to travel. You don't have to travel except for right across the street, but you you still have to show up in the playoffs. So if you play that type of of football, especially in the second half in a playoff football game. You can win a lot of playoff games. Yeah, and that's what's next on the agenda for the 49ers. They have the Minnesota Vikings at the number three seed. The Eagles obviously held on to the one, beating the Giants and a lot of reserves. The Giants, they started Davis Webb, their practice squatter, former Cal quarterback. Um, so the Giants, I mean, they came closer than many would expect, but Philadelphia has that one seed. However, if Philly loses, they do have a bye, but if they lose in the divisional round, then the 49ers obviously win the next two rounds. They they could potentially host at, at Levi Stadium. That's still all up into the uh, all up in the air at this point. Um, you know, we we look forward, Matt, and it, what what could potentially when you look at the NFC landscape, which of these teams do you think could potentially trip the 49ers up? I think that one big thorn might have been Minnesota on the road, just because they've gotten so lucky this year. They got that magic, right? Minnesota's the first team to finish with 13 wins with a negative point differential, which is wild. Um, I think 10 one-score wins. I mean, just just crazy stuff happened in Minnesota. I think that's a – the 49ers wanted to avoid the possibility of going there, which would have had to happen if they were the three seed and Minnesota won the first round. So the 49ers will avoid that. They might play Minnesota in the second round if the Vikings do win the wild card round. Obviously, Brady is in this tournament. Um, so you obviously have to always look out for a guy like that. The Cowboys are in the tournament. That, that That's a team that the 49ers played last year in the wild card round. And then, you know, the Niners are the two seed and the Eagles are the one seed. So the 49ers wouldn't play the Eagles until the NFC Championship game. But I think that everybody, right, agrees that on paper, the two strongest teams in this conference are Philadelphia and San Francisco. Yeah, and, and here's just how lopsided or um, the I think the NFL agrees with us that, um, that, that the 49ers should win this game because they gave the 49ers – Kind of the, the least uh, prolific slot of, of all these teams. They're, they're, the, they're the first game. They, they basically kick off the playoffs against the, the Seahawks at 1.30 on Saturday, um, but, which uh, a lot of 49ers fans are saying, oh, boy, that puts the 49ers at a, at a disadvantage. They, they got the number two seed. Why, why do they have to play on a short week? Well, if they won that game, it, w- it would mean that they would have, uh, you know, at least a, an extra day of rest against their 
upcoming opponents. So uh, maybe maybe look at it in, in that regard. Uh, but to answer your question, I think um, you know Jalen Hurts and, and the Eagles obviously are the, the the big looming opponent in the NFC. I think D- Dak Prescott and the Cowboys would be kind of second on that list because, I, like I said earlier, the 49ers defense is excellent against one-note teams. They struggled at times against the, the Raiders uh, because the Raiders had a really good running game. They had a quarterback that took off from the pocket. Uh, they had a really good tight end. Uh, they, they just had more ways to beat you. They had a sen- sensational wide receiver. The, the Cowboys have that as well. Um, and they've got a, uh, a really nice quarterback, Dak Prescott, who can, can run the ball and throw the ball, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I like the 49ers in any matchup in the NFC, including the Eagles. But um, if, if you're kind of dissecting it, I would say the Cowboys of those kind of second round possibilities uh, would, would be the one that uh, could give the 49ers the most trouble. Yeah. And, you know, historically, the 49ers have have issues with quarterbacks that kind of scramble around a little bit. Uh, and, and we saw it last week against against the Raiders, uh, you know, quarterbacks that, you know, that that want to extend plays with their legs, uh, you know, get get that that third uh, and 10 or third or 11 when, you know, there's a man coverage situation and they can run up the field. For some reason, the 49ers have always had issues with that. So. Both Eagles and the Cowboys are teams I think will be a, a tough matchup, but I do think the defense, you know, especially at halftime, they 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 figure out kind of the adjustments and kind of what they have to do, uh, you know, rush lane wise or coverage wise uh, in the scheme to to shut down offenses in the second half. So, but you know, Dallas, Philadelphia, I agree, those are the two teams that I look at that could trip up the 49ers. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how the bracket plays out. They obviously reseed this as the rounds go, so it's usually only worth it to worry about the matchup right in front of you and then to see what potentially happens, especially this year with Minnesota being the three, but they're a week three, right? They got that record, but it seems paper thin based on, on the point differential. So if, if Minnesota gets tripped up, then then it reseeds the whole thing in a way that you don't expect. If Minnesota wins, if it goes by seeding, though, uh, 49ers-Vikings in, in that divisional round at Levi's, which would be the same matchup as 2019. 49ers got them coming off a bye that, that year, though. Uh, the Vikings had to beat the Saints, right, at the Superdome in the wild card round for that to happen. So, I mean, it's going to be... It's going to be fascinating stuff. Playoff football, we're always, uh, we're always excited for it, that's for sure. I think one point today that you know has to be mentioned, and George Kittle brought it up, is that the 49ers offensive line has really just gelled throughout the course of this season to the point where they're pass protecting well, but also, I mean, just the, the run blocking's been awesome. They didn't have Aaron Banks today, but they have Daniel Brunskill plugging in there. And Matt, uh, you know, in previous seasons... The 49ers have had, you know, either due to injuries or lack of quality depth uh, to, to help, you know, bridge the gap between injuries. The 49ers have had a lot of trouble to find, you know, their, their rhythm up front by the end of the season. I mean, last year was a great example. Tom Compton really was not a good pass protector at right tackle. And then Trent Williams suffered the high ankle sprain against Green Bay, and they were really leaking oil by that Rams game. This year, you know, you can knock on wood if you're a superstitious type regarding the injuries, but this year, no such problems for the 49ers. They're solid at left tackle, solid at right tackle. 
Uh, they've grown over the course of the year at right guard, where Spencer Burford is now playing 100% of the snaps with Brunskill over at left guard uh, this week, filling in for Banks. And their center, Jake Brendel, is an alternate pro bowler, and deservedly so. I mean, he's been really, really good. So I think you can only go as far as your offensive line. Nobody likes to talk about it because there are sexier things to talk about. But the 49ers offensive line, which in my opinion was the primary reason that they tripped up against the Chiefs in 2019 and in 2021 against the Rams and Aaron Donald took over the game, that offensive line's looking a whole lot better this time around entering the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that's all we were talking about uh, in, in the preseason and just before the the regular season began was just how inexperienced this group was. Who, who the heck is Jake Brendel? He's the starting center. Oh, they're going to go with Aaron Banks, the guy who couldn't get on the field as a rookie. Um, those were all, and th- those were legitimate questions to ask at that time. And um, you know, uh, they, they were better at the beginning of the season than I think that uh, we we thought they would be. Uh, but they've, uh, you're right, they've uh, the experience, 18 game, 18 week experience, 17 games. Um, that's another reason why Shanahan thinks that this team is better now than it was a month ago when they clinched the division in Seattle. That group of inexperienced guys now is experienced, including um, Spencer Burford, um, you know, basically playing every snap of, uh, of these last two games. That's been a rarity for him. Usually he, he platoons a bit with Daniel Brunskill, but uh, he's played every snap. Uh, I was just looking up the, the penalty information. He's the least penalized of all those uh, offensive linemen. Um, so um, he, he, he makes some mistakes. J.J. Uh, Watt, I think, exploited him a couple of times. Um, luckily, he won't have to play J.J. Watt on Saturday. Uh, so, um, you know, th- these are all kind of valuable learning experiences, and, and that's the point. This, this group has been learning and learning together for 17 games. Yeah, and, you know, your bookends, you got, you got two vets, you know, at, at each tackle. And, and, and on the left side, you've got probably the best one in the NFL. McGlinchey is a Wally vet. And then your middle, you just get better. And, I mean, those two elevate your football game. You know, we had all these questions about, you know, the three Bs in the middle. And they've, they've come together and they've become a, a really good offensive line. Uh, you know, you just ask Kristen McCaffrey or Elijah Mitchell. I mean, they have really come together. They've gotten good. I think Aaron Banks, you know, has to be the most improved guy on this football team because we had so many questions about him. He comes out, you know, and I don't think he gave up a sack this season. Um, so, you know, if we can get, get him back, back in the lineup, you know, get him kind of healed up a little bit, this offense line is good. They're good. Uh, I know there's what, well, there were three sacks today, but you know, that's, that's what happens with, you know, in, in a, in an NFL football game, but this, this offensive line, they've come together and they've played well. Uh, and I've been impressed by him. And that's, it's the basis of a team, the 49ers defensive line, offensive line, both sides of the football. They know that the trenches is where it has to start. So, man, um, it's going to be it's gonna be interesting. I think rain is going to be in the forecast all week, so expect it to be a wet game potentially at, at Levi's Stadium. Uh, we talked about the extra rest the 49ers would get if they are able to win this one if they go Saturday to Sunday in, in the divisional round. I think that's a possibility. Um, what else, Matt? Is there anything else to, uh, on this matchup? I, you know, anytime Seattle comes to town, you got to worry about special teams, right? Seattle is a good special teams kind of equalizer. The 49ers did a good job equalizing that phase of the game in, in week 15. Um, to, you know, to me, 
that that's something we can't sign off without talking about because Seattle is obviously worse than the 49ers. But special teams can be an equalizer, and it was in 2021. Seattle won both games because of special teams, right? 49ers, and, and they got that, that field goal block returned in week two, which should be a warning sign for the 49ers. So uh, special teams, I think, needs to be of utmost priority this week because it might be the only window that the Seahawks have to pull an upset. Yeah, I mean, I think weather could be an equalizer as well. I mean, we'll have to keep an, an eye on the storm. Um, I guess one of the, the benefits is that the 49ers are going to be practicing in this, uh, in this muck all week because uh, this rain is starting here on, on Sunday night as we're recording this. And uh, we might get a couple of breaks, but it's supposed to be fairly consistent throughout the week. Um, you know, if, if there's one team that's used to playing in wet weather, it's Seattle. But um, Brock Purdy and this group ought to, ought to be used to it uh, by the end of the week as well. But, um, you know, wet games, sloppy games, that, that can, you know, that uh, funky bounces, fumbles, um, you know, those, those are things that can kind of uh, turn, you know, a, a, a team that usually scores over 30 points, like the 49ers, into a team that's scoring 18 points. Uh, in which case it makes the game closer than it probably should be. So that's uh, that's uh, sort of a uh, an asterisk, something that that's looming, and we'll have to keep our eye on during the week. Uh, but you know, as, as we keep saying, on paper, this is a far superior team to the uh, to the Seahawks. Yeah, and you what do you you know if if it's a weather thing, if it's wet out there, you know what do they call it a mutter? I mean, this is what this is what offensive linemen and defensive linemen love. I mean, you can't throw the ball. The ball is too heavy. It's not going through the air. Now you got to run the football. So the game is won and lost at, in the trenches. And those are kind of games that it reminds me of the old candlestick games when we used to play the Redskins in the playoffs every season. Uh, and the tide used to be high. And, and in between the hashes, it was just mud. Uh, and you had to run the ball. So, I mean, this is this is those this is this could be one of those football games. You know, if it's going to be a close football game, it's going to be a run game. Uh, this is what you know. Defensive linemen and offensive linemen love. It's just man on man, and you just you just pound it into trenches there. And who can who cannot make a mistake, and who can and 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 who can tackle better, uh, and who can read the offense better, or defense better. So you know, I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, this it, it's going to rain. I mean, it, it's going to rain all. In, it's going to rain the entire week. I know the turf's on that field, but it's going to be wet. It's going to be slippery. You got to get your long cleats, and it's going to be old school football smash mouth. I'm I'm excited for it. I'm and let's up not too. forget. Let's not forget. Pete Carroll is going to be on the sidelines too, chomping on that gum. So yeah, the Seahawks get a chance for revenge. That they, they, they wanted it, um, and and the 49ers have a chance to as a franchise avenge 20, 2013 and and those painful memories by taking out the Seahawks in the playoffs. So anyway. It's been a fun episode. We got more fun stuff ahead of us. Playoffs coming up. 49ers, Seahawks. 49ers beat the Cardinals 38-13. Regular season record, 13-4. For Dennis Brown and Matt Barrows, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you next time on Here's the Catch.